isn't this what we've asked for? Oh, time for the daily dad joke. You know the difference between a zippo and a hippo? A hippo's heavy, and a zippo's a little lighter. Last week in Art's message, Power For and Against, he related how two women had each prayed specific prayers about bringing dangerous criminals to justice. They had both watched their local nightly news and learned that each one learned about a different, very evil man and wanting to bring these guys to justice. So that night, they prayed that they could help bring these people to justice and probably didn't even think any more about it. The next day, both of the women were instrumental in doing just exactly that, and neither of them expected anything like what happened to happen. And then Curtis Whiteley brought us a message titled, And You Will Be My Witnesses. In it, he spoke about instances where the apostles had witnessed to people what they had seen and what they knew for fact. Jesus had told them just before he rose up to heaven that they would receive power through the Holy Spirit and that they would be his witnesses to the whole earth. The last time I spoke, I shared how we could learn more about God's word, and of course about God by using the Churches of God Outreach Ministries Bible correspondence. You guys out there can get them too. I'm hoping that people are using those resources to do just that. They're truly, in my humble opinion, very interesting and enlightening. Also, we've heard sermons about the need to seek God's face and the need for revival in this nation and, in fact, the entire world. You'll probably realize that these sermons that I, those sermons that I'm referring to were given before COVID-19 came on the radar <clears throat> and that most of us heard them here in this building where I believe God speaks to us. I know there are a lot of people that are regularly praying for that revival. I pray daily, reminding God of his words to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Of course, there are those who would shrug those verses off because, after all, they're only in the Old Testament. So, let's see what Jesus said in the New Testament. Matthew 7, 7, he said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Knock, or seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Then in Matthew 21, verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing, you shall receive from Christ. 
As I said, many people have been praying for revival because of all the horrible things that are going on in this world. We have been praying, believing that God would answer. But while we were praying that he would answer, we had no clue how God might answer. That's up to him. Sadly, I feel certain many people really didn't expect any revival to happen, feeling the world is too far gone. There just wasn't any way that people would seek God. So what has happened? I believe that God has heard the prayers for bringing revival, and he's working on that because he loves us, because he tells us that what we will ask in the name of his son, in faith believing, he will, we will receive. So how else would you explain what has occurred? All around the world, literally, things have ground to a halt. Things that people put a lot of stock in, going to sports events, going to the movies, see the stars, going to... Uh, the word just left me, but going to, to concerts. See the stars. They ain't doing that. So that's left people with a lot of time to consider things. This shutdown has brought to mind a commercial that was back in the 80s or 90s. And it shows this car, this overhead shot of a car sitting there and the, the commentator is talking about batteries and how they sometimes fail and so you kind of need to take care of them and get the best ones that you can. Then as the helicopter mounted camera uh, starts to lift off and fly away, you realize this car is way out in the middle of nowhere in a forest. As the announcer says, or perhaps you'd like some time alone to think about it. My father once shared with me how he came to an awareness of the Sabbath. It was during a time he was ill and he was in the hospital for a good while while they tried to determine what was going on, what was causing the problems. So he started reading the Bible. And he started studying the Bible, looking for things that he'd always been told and had accepted were there, were the truth. But he said they weren't there. You know, where, where God changed his day to Sunday. Not there. A lot of things that people just accept. I recently read an article about the Bible and the fact that it is still the best-selling book in history. And it kind of follows the same path, that of problems that come from people having it and knowing already what is in it so they never read it because they already know what's in it. And a lot of them don't even bother with the first half of it if they buy the whole Bible. <clears throat> they think they know it because they've heard something that sounded like it was scriptural all their lives. And they accepted it as truth. Because a lot of the people that told them had done the same thing. They believed it because someone had told them. They're not so much at it now, but not too long ago, the Catholic Church told people they really didn't need the Bible. They would tell them what was in it. 
now, thankfully, they're at least letting people study it, and they're actually having courses. I don't necessarily agree with everything's presented in them, but I liked what Herbert Armstrong said for a long time. He said, what you need to believe is the Bible, because that's what he taught. If there's a difference between what I say and what the Bible says, go with the Bible. Wish he'd have kept that. But anyway, moving on. <clears throat> As part of what I've been wanting to do is encourage others to utilize the Bible correspondence courses and other resources to study the Bible. Learn what it really says and what, it, and what God intends for us to know and to do. And it's neat when you discover something that you didn't realize, that people had told you, you know, was different, and you find the actual truth. And so while you're doing that, you also have the scriptures right there so you can show them where it, what it says. That can be exciting. And here recently, people have had lots of time to think about things, haven't they? The thought occurred to me, isn't this what we've been asking for? For God to try to get people's attention, to get them to turn to him. It seems to me that I've seen more articles appear, and it could just be that I'm noticing it. I've seen more people speaking about the need for turning to God. They've been reticent, seems like, about that because the uh, prevailing ideology was you didn't need to do that and they would get after you if you did. You know, if in, in Canada, if you, you can preach exactly what the Bible says and go to jail for it. <clears throat> it seems I've seen uh, that happening and because of that, perhaps people who were not interested in God are becoming interested in learning about him. Perhaps they don't feel as secure as they did you know, in the feeling that they knew it all, that they had knew things were going to go the way they were going to go, and everything was happy, happy, even keel, so they didn't worry too much about it. Because what's happening, I think they're questioning what they've been blindly accepting as truth. It could happen. For instance, I've heard, read several articles about many people in states where gun rights are severely curtailed <clears throat> and who had accepted what they were told about how evil guns were and only evil people had them. They were evil in and of themselves. And, and it reminded, reminded me of 2 Timothy 3 and 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Fables like good people don't need guns. There's no reason for anybody to have more than X number of guns or ammunition or knives or whatever else it is they're trying to ban, even going to church. Anyway, a lot of people in the, uh, California was one I was reading about. When all this happened, they started feeling insecure. They started realizing that it's 
society was getting kind of shaky and they may need to protect themselves. And they'd always been told that it's the easiest thing in the world to buy a gun. Anybody can get a gun. You can get them off the internet. Just call up and they'll mail them to you. Not true, but that's what they believe. So they went down to the gun store. That's when they found out the reality. <clears throat> Realities like there's a 10-day waiting period, at least, per gun. But first, you've got to answer a bunch of questions. And if you lie on them, you can go to prison. Then you have to demonstrate that you've been trained and that you know how to handle a firearm safely. One of the people writing this article owns a store and he said he hadn't been had he had not had gun muzzles pointed at him that much since he could remember. It was scary. A lot of people they would just say, No, you can't have it. You don't know what you're doing. Then if you pass all that, did you want ammunition for that? Oh, well, no. You got to go through another set of questions for that. And you got to pay an extra fee to get a card that'll, that says you can have ammunition for this specific gun and you can only buy a box a month. <clears throat> That's probably when reality started to kick in and people started to realize some of the stuff they knew to be true wasn't necessarily so. Here's a good example. Just this week, I learned that there's no need or right to go sit on the beach in Florida. Their governor, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, declared that people could, again, go to the beach. They could go to the ocean, they could surf, they could swim, they could run on the sand, but could not sit on the sand. And you could not gather. Gotta to, got to keep the personal distancing going. And I thought, how about this? You've been cramped up in the house for a month and you finally get a chance to go to, this, to the beach and you walk to the beach and then you walk on the beach and the sand, people that's walked in nice soft Florida, it'll bog on your feet after a while and you get worn out and you don't feel like you can walk much further. What's the best thing to do? Sit down. Can't do that. Give me a break. And here's the worst example. There's no right for you to congregate in churches. In Georgia, or I'm sorry, Kentucky, the governor, Andy Bashir said that if there were many cars in a parking lot of a church, that Kentucky State Police would record those license plate numbers and would put a notice on the windshield to the owners and the riders in that car that the They were going to notify the health department, and these people had to notify the health department, and they had to self-quarantine for 14 days. Now this came out on 
Good Friday. And at least one church, Marysville Baptist Church, they already had plans for an Easter service, and they did it. Fifty people showed up. And sure enough, they had notices on their windshields. <clears throat> of course, two days later, uh, a reporter with the Louisville Carrier Journal, Billy Coben, reported that the church has filed suit against the governor and has stated they will again hold services. By the way, did you know that this was a favorite tactic of the USSR to shut down churches? <clears throat> For those of you who unfortunately have been educated in our modern public schools, the USSR stands for the United Soviet Socialist Republic. That was Russian communism on steroids. Unfortunately, chances are you may not have learned this. I learned it when I was in junior high school. I'm not going to tell you how far back that was. But the Soviet government claimed that scientists had found that there were dangerous gases in this cathedral that would kill you if you were exposed to these gases so they had to shut down the cathedral just for everybody's health. Now back then if the USSR said this was what it is that's what it is because you couldn't argue with them unless you wanted to go to Siberia or just disappear. So back to the present day people see up upheavals suddenly happening in society. They can't even buy toilet paper. They realize they're not impervious to becoming a victim of someone else deciding to take what is theirs or to gather everything up before they can get there and hoard it somewhere and then try to sell it to them for more. Suddenly they're being subjected to seemingly arbitrary rules they'd never considered. You must stay home. You cannot eat at a restaurant, or go to a movie, or even church. Suddenly the world seems a dangerous place to be in. They're starting to recognize that. So what are they going to do? Back when Glenda and I were at Free Will Baptist Church, whenever there was a serious problem, they had an altar of prayer. <clears throat> and everybody would gather at the front of the church and pray together for the same thing seeking to be right with the Lord and seeking God's ear and heard problems or saw problems resolved saw people cured we, we hear we have prayer a prayer chain you have something wrong contact Rick and he lets people know and People pray, and it makes a difference. But what about all those in the world that don't know God? Think they're feeling lost and powerless? It's quite possible they may realize they should consider doing something different. Maybe turn to God. But how do you do that? You know, all the people I know haven't been... All the people I listen to, they don't worry about God. But they may turn to their friends, people that they paid attention to, like you, for instance. <clears throat> they see you leaving for church on Sabbath mornings while they're mowing the yard or having their garage sales or, you know, 
They know you don't eat pork whenever they talk about, come over and have some of these wonderful pork ribs we're grilling up. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, how about some shrimp? Crawdads? No, thank you. Or that you never observe Christmas or Halloween or Easter. Perhaps all this upheaval will make them want to seek somebody out that seems to have something worth believing in. And that could very well be you. One thing you may want to help them learn is that God's word is eternal. May help them to know how long the Bible spans thousands of years and it never changes. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In lesson one of that uh, Bible course, we see that David understood the surety of, word, of God's word. Psalm 111, 1 through 8. Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. These would be comforting words to somebody that was seeking someone that they knew had their back. The, verse 8, I'll jump to They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. And then in, in uh, Psalm in 111.10, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. David also knew how to use God's word. Psalm 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you don't know where to go, look for a place with a light. Light your path. world today, those without his spirit is still in darkness, isn't it? In fact, they have always been. John 1, 5 says, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And 3.19, This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I trust that because of all that has happened, some will look for light. And here's the truth that you can share with them. John 1 through 4, chapter 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, I'm sorry, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then you explain to him, that's Jesus we're talking about. Because that, after all, isn't that what we've been praying for, that people would change their mindset and seek God? Let's pray that we can be worthy ambassadors for God and share with people the good news about his coming kingdom. 
That's part of why Jesus came to earth, to share the gospel. Jesus said we're supposed to continue his work. <clears throat> John 14, 12. Most assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus talking, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Lesson one, the questions asked, what is the true gospel? This is the answer. Mark chapter 1, 14 and 15. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Jesus was telling the world that there's hope beyond this sin-filled world that we live in. The natural world. God rules not in this world. God has not ruled this world since Adam and Eve stopped believing in him and started believing in Satan. Giving Satan authority over them. <clears throat> Satan is also the ruler of the air as evidenced by what is being shown on television and what's being heard on radio and TV. I'm not saying that God is powerless in this world because God is omnipotent, all-powerful. But at the same time, God is not the sovereign ruler over natural man because man still does whatever man wants to do <clears throat> and has never completely accepted God's rule nor been completely cleansed from serving Satan. The good news that Jesus brought to mankind is that we can become a part of God's kingdom. We can do this by repenting, turning away from the lifestyle of sinfulness by believing Satan and believe the gospel that if we follow his word and only his word, we will be his children and have a place in his kingdom. Let's recap just a bit. Who are we believing? We're believing God. <clears throat> and who are we believing in? We're believing in his son Jesus that he came died for our sins and rose again and is coming again. If Adam and Eve had only believed God and not doubted what God had told them, there wouldn't be a, been a need for Jesus' crucif crucifixion. But what happened, happened. The Lord God had already set in place a way for us to be redeemed from that and all sin. So that's the message. Believe God's word, totally. If we believe in it, then we'll study it. And then we'll learn it. And we'll live it. Just think what a difference that will make.